Section 4 of Safeguarding Children, Pediatric Medical Countermeasure Research by Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Patrick McAfee, Merritt Island. Chapter 2, Current Ethical and Regulatory Framework for Pediatric Research, Part 2. This Bioethics Commission reaffirms its own commitment to the principle and practice of democratic deliberation and its importance in shaping pediatric research protections. Given the dual obligations to protect individual research participants and to protect children as a class, enhanced transparency and accountability, and extensive community engagement, for example, are essential to informing the review and conduct of pediatric research. By fostering meaningful inclusion of the affected communities at all stages of the research process, community engagement constitutes a component of democratic deliberation that researchers can employ to incorporate the values of the community into the research process. The Bioethics Commission includes in its recommendations appropriate provision for community engagement in both pre- and post-event research. Moreover, in all stages of pediatric research, democratic deliberation provides an essential means of confirming both that the research is consistent with societal and community values, and also that it achieves socially valuable and broadly valued goals. Indeed, the Bioethics Commission has begun the community engagement process specifically and the democratic deliberation process more generally through its deliberations and recognized that communities are well positioned to contribute to the discussion now before any research occurs. A significant test of the social value and importance of pediatric research projects especially when such projects subject individual children to some risk for the potential benefit of children as a class, is that a broad range of citizens and parents, having been informed and given the opportunity to comment, value, and support those projects. Foundational ethical principles provide both clarification and guidance in formulating strong safeguards for children both as individuals and as a group. Essential research protections that follow from a principled approach often involve appeal to more than one ethical principle. One protection central to this report, a commitment to repudiating exploitation, provides a clear example of such an appeal. The commitment derives from the principle of respect for persons and its attendant imperative not to treat others as mere means as well as from non-maleficence, the duty to do no harm. The commitment to avoid exploiting the vulnerable is clearly a matter of justice, and deliberative democracy helps to assure a just outcome by promoting dialogue with those who have not yet had their chance to voice concerns thereby protecting against exploitation. Continuing in the tradition of the National Commission, this Bioethics Commission reaffirmed the view that ethical research is not research that strikes the appropriate balance or trade-off among fundamental social values, but rather, quote, 
that all of these principles must be taken together as the necessary and sufficient conditions for the ethical conduct of research regarding children, unless research can be designed which reflects all four, it cannot be called ethical. End quote. The recommendations of this report, therefore, are informed by and seek to satisfy all four fundamental principles of respect for persons, beneficence, justice, and democratic deliberation which are widely affirmed by our society and firmly established in the best practices of scientific research with human subjects. Current Regulations for Conducting Pediatric Research The three Belmont principles and the principle of democratic deliberation also informed the National Commission's reasoning and recommendations for additional regulatory protections for pediatric research participants. The Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, and later FDA, adopted the National Commission's recommendations almost verbatim, and the regulations subsequently promulgated concerning research with children remain largely the same today comprising subpart D of HHS regulations at 45 CFR part 46 and FDA regulations at 21 CFR part 50. The language of these two sets of regulations is substantively identical. Although subpart D makes up part of these agencies' human subjects protections regulations. It is separate from and supplementary to subpart A, referred to as the common rule, which governs research with adults. Subpart D specifies stringent protections for children in addition to those provided in the common rule. The key impetus for a separate regulatory subpart addressing additional protections for child participants in research was the recognition that while adults can consent to assume research risks, children cannot. More specific to the content of this report, adults can consent to participate in research from which they will accrue no benefit for themselves, but that benefits others. By contrast, children cannot participate in research that poses higher risks than those of daily life, except in circumstances where research offers the prospect of benefit to participants themselves or to those with the same condition. For the most part, protections for pediatric research participants are well-defined and well-implemented. The regulations include special protections for wards of the state, delineate requirements for parental permission and child assent, and provide criteria for IRBs to use in reviewing research depending on its level of risk and potential benefit. Local IRBs can review and approve research with children that, one, does not involve greater than minimal risk, two, involves greater than minimal risk but presents the prospect of direct benefit to individual participants, or three, involves a minor increase over minimal risk and no prospect of direct benefit to individual research participants, 
but is likely to yield generalizable knowledge about the children's disorder or condition. Local IRBs are not permitted to approve research outside of these categories, but, quote, research not otherwise approvable, which presents an opportunity to understand, prevent, or alleviate a serious problem affecting the health or welfare of children, end quote. Generally, higher-risk, non-therapeutic research can nonetheless be approved by the Secretary of HHS in consultation with a panel of national experts. This report refers to such national-level expert review by its HHS provision number, 45 CFR, section 46.407, section 407, which is a common convention in ethics discourse on this subject. Equivalent substantive requirements are found in FDA regulations at 21 CFR section 50.54. Whether the review is conducted by the HHS Office for Human Research Protection, OHRP, or FDA, or both, the ethical requirements are essentially the same across both sets of regulations. The regulations governing these review mechanisms are included in Table 2.1. Table 2.1, Regulations Governing Review of Pediatric Human Subjects Research Protocols, Local IRB Review Mechanisms. Minimal Risk. HHS will conduct or fund research in which the IRB finds that no greater than minimal risk to children is presented only if the IRB finds that adequate provisions are made for soliciting assent of the children and the permission of their parents or guardians as set forth in section 46.408. Prospect of direct benefit to the individual participant. HHS will conduct or fund research in which the IRB finds that more than minimal risk to children presented by an intervention or procedure that holds out the prospect of direct benefit for the individual subject or by a monitoring procedure that is likely to contribute to the subject's well-being only if the IRB finds that a the risk is justified by the anticipated benefit to the subjects, b. The relation of the anticipated benefit to the risk is at least as favorable to the subjects as that presented by available alternative approaches, and c. Adequate provisions are made for soliciting the assent of the children and permission of their parents or guardians as set forth in section 46.408 likely to yield generalizable knowledge about participants' condition and only minor increase over minimal risk. HHS will conduct or fund research in which the IRB finds that more than minimal risk to children is presented by an intervention or procedure that does not hold out the prospect of direct benefit for the individual subject or by a monitoring procedure which is not likely to contribute to the well-being of the subject only if the IRB finds that a. the risk represents a minor increase over minimal risk, b. the intervention or procedure presents experiences to subjects that are reasonably commensurate 
with those inherent in their actual or expected medical, dental, psychological, social, or educational situations. C. The intervention or procedure is likely to yield generalizable knowledge about the subject's disorder or condition, which is of vital importance for the understanding or amelioration of the subject's disorder or condition, and D. Adequate provisions are made for soliciting assent of the children and permission of their parents or guardians as set forth in Section 46.408. National Level Review Mechanisms Greater than minimal risk with no prospect of direct benefit to individual participants or those participants' condition. HHS will conduct or fund research that the IRB does not believe meets the requirements of Section 46.404, Section 46.405, or Section 46.406, only if a. The IRB finds that the research presents a reasonable opportunity to further the understanding, prevention, or alleviation of a serious problem affecting the health or welfare of children, and b. The secretary, after consultation with a panel of experts in pertinent disciplines, for example, science, medicine, education, ethics, law, and following opportunity for public review and comment, has determined either 1. that the research in fact satisfies the conditions of section 46.404, section 46.405, or section 46.406 as applicable, or 2. the following. 1. the research presents a reasonable opportunity to further the understanding, prevention, or alleviation of a serious problem affecting the health or welfare of children. 2. The research will be conducted in accordance with sound ethical principles. And 3. Adequate provisions are made for soliciting the assent of children and the permission of their parents or guardians as set forth in Section 46.408. Note, in the case of review by FDA under Section 50.54, the Commissioner of Food and Drugs convenes the expert panel and makes the final determination, which is forwarded to the HHS Secretary for concurrent review under Sections 46.407 and 50.54, the Secretary makes the final determination. End of Table 2.1 This report references research regulated by Section 407 as research with healthy children that poses more than minimal risk with no prospect of direct benefit. The Bioethics Commission recognized and considered in its work the full range of research that is encompassed by Section 407 including 1. Research with healthy children that poses greater than minimal risk and that offers no prospect of direct benefit. 2. Research with children affected by a disease or condition that poses more than minimal risk and does not yield information of vital importance about their disease or condition. And 3. Research with children affected by a disease or condition that poses greater than a minor increase over minimal risk. 
Pediatric Research Subject to Local IRB Approval. The National Commission's most straightforward recommendations address research that poses only minimal risk codified in Section 404 or that offers the prospect of direct benefit to participants codified in Section 405. More complicated but still ethically tractable was research posing greater than minimal risk but likely to yield generalizable knowledge about the participant's condition codified in Section 406. Research that is greater than minimal risk with no prospect of direct benefit to subjects or benefit to others with their condition was considered decidedly more controversial and ethically problematic. Section 404, Minimal Risk Research. Making its recommendation on minimal risk research, the National Commission recognized that, quote, the scope of parental responsibility includes the right to choose activities and to define a manner of life for their children, end quote. Finding that, quote, many experiences which parents generally allow to their children are somewhat risky and cannot be said without forcing the case to involve particular benefits, end quote. The National Commission considered it uncontroversial that parents should have the opportunity to enroll their children in research where the risks, quote, are equivalent to normal risks of childhood, end quote. The National Commission recommended and the regulations allow an IRB to approve minimal risk research that provides for parental permission and meaningful assent from child participants as well as standard pediatric research safeguards such as risk minimization, privacy and confidentiality protections, and equitable subject selection. The National Commission defined risk as, quote, the probability and magnitude of physical or psychological harm that is normally encountered in the daily lives or in the routine medical or psychological examination of healthy children, end quote. As implemented, protections for minimal risk research have been subject to ongoing debate, mostly focused on the regulatory definition of minimal risk, which omits the National Commission's reference to healthy children. While disagreement remains as to whether the standard is intended to be objective or subjective, Several national committees studying the matter have concluded that minimal risk should be interpreted as the degree of risk encountered in the daily life of a healthy child living in a safe environment or the risk to which a healthy child is exposed during a routine examination. The Bioethics Commission accepted this shared understanding. Section 405 research presenting the prospect of direct benefit. In considering research that presents greater than minimal risk, but also the prospect of direct benefit to research participants, the National Commission concluded that risk might be justified by avoidance of greater harm or provision of important anticipated benefit. Any risk entailed in research, however, can be justified only by the potential direct benefits to the individual child participant that are associated with the intervention itself, 
not by ancillary benefits such as a medical examination. The risk-benefit ratio of the experimental intervention must be at least as good as that of available alternatives. The relevant regulatory language closely reflects that of the National Commission, stating that an IRB may approve a protocol if it finds that the risk is greater than minimal, but that the research holds the prospect of direct benefit to the individual either through the intervention or through, quote, a monitoring procedure that is likely to contribute to the subject's well-being, end quote. Beneficial monitoring procedures might include, for example, obtaining samples of blood or spinal fluid in order to determine that drug levels are safe and effective. A reviewing IRB must also find that, A, quote, the risk is justified by the anticipated benefit to the subject, end quote. B, the risk-benefit ratio is at least as good as existing alternatives, and C, all relevant parental permission and meaningful child assent provisions are observed. There is ongoing debate over the extent to which benefit should include non-medical benefits, but in practice, the scope is most often limited to medical benefits associated with the intervention being studied. Section 406, more than minimal risk without the prospect of direct benefit, but likely to yield knowledge about the participant's condition. The National Commission recognized that some valuable research involving children will inevitably present greater than minimal risk with no prospect of direct benefit to the individual participants. Prohibiting this type of research completely, as initially supported by some members of the National Commission, might have come at too great a cost, sacrificing research of critical importance to child welfare in order to avoid only a minor increased risk. In developing its recommendations for approval of a limited class of research entailing greater than minimal risk and no prospect of direct benefit, the National Commission kept in mind the proposition that parents are routinely allowed to authorize their child's involvement in activities such as skiing, where risk is greater than minimal and the potential for benefit is debatable. Given that information, the National Commission recommended that pediatric research with no prospect of direct benefit and presenting no more than a minor increase over minimal risk could be ethically permissible and allowed by regulation if the knowledge likely to be generated by the research was of vital importance to understand or ameliorate a pediatric disorder or condition. Specifically, in light of reports that valuable diagnostic, therapeutic, and preventive measures have been discovered in research that entails risk that, quote, while minor would be considered more than minimal, end quote, the National Commission recommended that local IRBs could approve research that meets the following conditions. One, quote, the risk involved must be only a minor increment beyond minimal, end quote. Two, quote, the procedures to be used must be reasonably commensurate with, similar to, those with which prospective subjects have had experience, end quote. And three, quote, the research must be likely to yield generalizable knowledge important for the understanding 
or amelioration of the subject's specific disorder or condition, end quote. Research that meets these specifications may be approved because the minor additional increment of risk to participants is acceptable in light of the, quote, foreseeable benefit in the future to an identifiable class of children, end quote. In making its recommendation, the National Commission emphasized that, quote, minor increase over minimal risk, end quote, is only a narrow expansion and that any protocol submitted under this provision should, quote, pose no significant threat to the child's health or well-being, end quote. HHS and FDA adopted the National Commission's recommendation. Taken together, the three categories of research that can be approved by a local IRB constitute the majority of pediatric research approved and conducted in the United States. Where a protocol does not fall into one of these approvable categories, it is generally amended so that it conforms to local review requirements or else it is denied approval. Only rarely is such a protocol elevated for national level review under Section 407. See Pediatric Research Requiring National Level Review, Higher Risk and No Prospect of Direct Benefit, Chapter 2. These regulatory provisions for local IRB review place strict, ethically sound limits on the degree of risk to which children can be exposed in research, and from the time they have been in place, they have permitted and indeed fostered research leading to interventions for the most common childhood illnesses and conditions. Pediatric research requiring national level review, higher risk and no prospect of a direct benefit to healthy participants, Section 407. Although the National Commission created a mechanism for local approval of greater than minimal risk research with children affected by a disorder or condition, it did not develop a set of criteria for local IRBs to approve higher risk research with healthy children or research where the risk is greater than a minor increase over minimal risk. This latter type of research was reserved for evaluation and approval by a national panel of experts and the Secretary of HHS, later codified as Section 407. The National Commission struggled with the idea of involving children in such research with no prospect of direct benefit to the individual child participant, but recognized that there might be extraordinary circumstances in which the dangers to children as a class or the community as a whole that would result from excluding children from research would be so great that they might require society reluctantly to accept a higher level of research risk. For instance, in the event of a pending epidemic that could be stemmed by testing a novel vaccine with children, the circumstances might require this reluctant acceptance of levels of risk otherwise unacceptable in pediatric research. For example, higher risks involved in determining dosing specifications for particular age groups. Acknowledging that every such situation would involve different considerations that could not be precisely resolved in the abstract, the National Commission concluded 
that it would be preferable to debate the matter in an actual situation where the, quote, real issues and the likely costs of any solution can be more clearly discerned, end quote. In providing the opportunity for considered debate in light of more specific circumstances, the National Commission went a step further, calling for public input as well, stating that the moral obligation to protect the community to the extent ethically and practically possible and the prohibition against using unconsenting persons at considerable risk to their well-being for the promotion of the common good were of such import that debate on how to reconcile the obligation and prohibition must be held publicly. The National Commission recommended that research entailing this level of risk could only be approved as an, quote, exception to the general rules, end quote. In other words, when, quote, the outright prohibition of such research on grounds of risk might have consequences which themselves appear unethical, end quote, and could only go forward after one, an IRB determines that for urgent or unique reasons, the research should be permitted, and two, the research is reviewed and approved at the national level to determine that it does not violate the principles of respect for persons, beneficence, and justice with opportunity for public comment. Additionally, appropriate parental permission and meaningful child assent would be required. Commission recommended that this national level review include judgment by the Secretary of the Responsible Agency and that approved research should be delayed pending congressional notification and a reasonable opportunity for Congress to take action regarding the proposed research. As enacted, the regulations provide that research may be approved if, one, an IRB determines that the research, quote, presents a reasonable opportunity to further the understanding, prevention, or alleviation of a serious problem affecting the health or welfare of children, end quote, but is not approvable under sections 404 to 406, and two, upon convening a panel of experts and soliciting public comment, the Secretary of HHS determines that, one, the, quote, research presents a reasonable opportunity to further the understanding, prevention, or alleviation of a serious problem affecting the health or welfare of children, end quote. Two, quote, the research will be conducted in accordance with sound ethical principles, end quote. And three, adequate provision is made for permission of parents and guardians in meaningful assent or affirmative agreement of children. This structure creates three independent bodies that must review or approve any protocol submitted for assessment under Section 407. One, the local IRB. Two, the National Panel of Experts. And three, the Secretary of HHS. As evidenced by the language of Section 407, 
HHS, and FDA in its regulations modified the National Commission's recommendation. The provision adopted by HHS and FDA does not provide for notification of Congress and sufficient delay for Congress to intervene. The reasons for this omission are unclear. In addition, the regulations depart from the National Commission's recommendations by providing for an ad hoc panel of experts to conduct the national level review rather than a standing, quote, national ethical advisory body, end quote. Unlike the standing committee, a system that HHS expected to prove, quote, cumbersome, inflexible, and unadaptable to the variety of different research problems likely to be encountered within the scope of the department's activities, end quote, the agency hoped that an ad hoc structure would provide the flexibility necessary to convene sufficiently expert individuals in a range of scientific specialties, ethics concentrations, legal fields, and other relevant disciplines for a given protocol. Similarly, regulations adopting national-level review, rather than enumerating the principles in the National Commission's recommendation, respect for persons, beneficence, and justice, simply require that research be conducted in accordance with sound ethical principles. Although the provision permits necessary flexibility for review of research required by extraordinary circumstances, many expert panels have reported great uncertainty in determining whether a protocol was consistent with sound ethical principles, especially in the context of extraordinary circumstances that would justify approval. National Level Review Case Study Drivax Smallpox Vaccine Protocol In 2002, an independent panel reviewed a protocol to test smallpox vaccine in 40 children, 2 to 5 years of age. Because smallpox was eradicated in 1979, no manufacturer still produced the vaccine and only a limited supply of stockpiled vaccine doses remained. Motivated by concerns about a possible bioterrorism attack using smallpox virus, the study was intended to demonstrate the safety of diluted vaccine and its immune response, allowing emergency responders to stretch the existing supply. Reviewers agreed that the existing evidence about adverse reactions and secondary infections in adults suggested that the vaccine trial would pose more than minimal risk to children. The experts struggled, however, with putting these risks in context. Because they could not foresee the likelihood of a bioterrorism attack, Many found it difficult to quantify the possibility of future benefit to children as a class. Further complicating the reviewers' considerations 
was news of a potentially safer next-generation vaccine in development, which might be available by the time a smallpox attack occurred. Reviewers also debated subject selection problems that might result if only parents, particularly concerned about bioterrorism attacks, permitted their children to participate. Ultimately, HHS did not approve the protocol because biopreparedness plans changed, meaning that drybacks would not be used for children in an emergency. In practice, and as permitted by regulation, national level review is used primarily for research that could not otherwise be approved under another section in subpart D, sections 404 to 406. But most of the research to date that has been considered under section 407 has not risen to the level of extraordinary circumstances. This practice is in tension with both the tenor of the National Commission's discussion and the language of its recommendation. However, the ethical difficulties inherent in enrolling healthy children as experimental controls create persistent challenges difficult to resolve in a way that would permit approval under sections 404 through 406. Healthy controls are scientifically essential to ensure high-quality scientific results. Such broad application of the national-level review process might result from inadequate specification of the term serious or from the codification of section 407 as a catch-all provision. Nevertheless, while national-level review has been used more frequently in recent years, it remains rare. From 1991 to 2012, this level of review has been used in only 14 cases, 10 of which were approved. Conclusion The ethical foundations for research with children are rooted in long and widely held principles, respect for persons, beneficence and non-maleficence, justice, and democratic deliberation articulated and embodied by the National Commission's recommendations in 1977 and later codified in federal regulations. In general, the current ethical and regulatory framework functions well, fostering research and advancing medical progress for children while adequately protecting them. Although there are historical examples of unethical research with children, most of these predate the current regulations. The Belmont Principles, in conjunction with the principle of democratic deliberation, continue to guide contemporary pediatric research and set the backdrop for the Bioethics Commission's deliberations on the ethics of MCM research with children. In the next chapter, the Bioethics Commission examines how the characteristics of MCM research and 
these ethical principles interact to present unique circumstances to consider when deciding whether to proceed with pediatric MCM research in general and with specific MCM protocols. End of section four. Recording by Patrick McAfee, Merritt Island.